0: Back Here at the Mullins Center in Amherst, our score after two periods. It's UMass 1, Merrimack nothing. This second intermission is brought to you by Palmer's Restaurant of Andover. With great food, drink, and service, Palmer's is the place to be for your pregame meal or postgame celebration. And I'm sure if we were near Palmer's, this guy would be celebrating there, but uh, we're out in Amherst right now, so quite a ways away. Mike McMahon with us from the Mac Report and the Eagle Tribune. And boy, Mike Odd game, very strange game. UMass dominates the first period. Looks like they're not going to come out with anything. Then they get the last minute goal. And they've got all, all the momentum. Merrimack comes out. Looks like they're going to put two or three on the board in the period, and they can't get
1: anything past Kevin Boyle. Yeah, the, uh, UMass been helped by a couple of posts there. One yeah. in the first period, one in the second, On a nice two-on-one with Todd and Vileka. Pretty sure it was Todd that hit a post in the first period, too. But I agree, absolutely, a tale of, of two periods there. But still, you know, Merrimack's had some offset, offensive struggles. It looked like they had solved a little bit of it last week, With the story of this game so far is as good as they played in the second period. You know, they, they get out of the period of the first one, they don't play very well, and only are down one nothing and almost came out of that period tied. Uh, they had a much better period there in the second, but once again, you know, that's sort of been the story the last couple of weeks here: is uh, playing well, getting chances, but not able to put anything in the net. Uh, they've got 21 minutes here to see what they can do. Well, let's talk about uh, first of all the goal that was waved
0: off in the first period. Uh, it looked like UMass had scored, and uh, and then the goal and I believe it was called the goal on the ice, and then waved off after the replay. Any thoughts why that goal
1: was waved off? No clue. <laughs> I actually thought it was a goal. I, I saw the replay, and I thought that the puck was in. Uh, it, the, 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 the face-off came out of the zone, which leads me to believe that maybe, perhaps at some point it went out of play. I don't know how high up on the glass it hit, if it hit netting instead of glass, but it didn't look like that's what the officials were looking at inside Yeah, the
0: may, may, maybe a, a hand pass or something, yeah. or knocked in with the hand or the skate or whatever. That, that may have been why the draw out there, I'm not sure, but I agree. Uh, uh, no idea why that one was waved off. Now we'll talk about the play where it looked like Dan Kolomatis had scored off the 2-on-1, Todd. Hits the post on the 2-on-1. The puck comes out. Looked like Kalamadis knocked it in with the stick. Uh, I believe that one was also called a goal on the ice and then waved off. But any idea why that one was waved off?
1: That one was interesting. There was one official, and I'm not sure who was who, in the far corner that waved it off. Uh, excuse me, that that signaled goal. Another official on the other side of the ice waved it off. They ended up reviewing it. That was, you know, I'm 0 for 2 because I thought both of those, both of the reviewed goals should have counted. Uh, I didn't, I'm not sure why they they didn't count the first one there by UMass. The Colin Mattis one, it's a situation where the rule, as far as I understand it, is it's no goal if you direct it into the net with either your skate or your your glove. If it just happens to hit you, there's nothing much you could do about that. How did
0: did you think that he uh, directed it? I mean, I, I, I thought that he, he'd gotten it with the stick. He took a swipe with the stick, but it, I guess it's possible that it actually hit the glove.
1: Yeah, I couldn't tell. You know, I, I thought it was just a case of, puck, you know, Boyle makes the save. The puck is in the air and hits him as he's coming by. You know, it's one of those situations, and we saw it a couple of years ago, too, in the national title game, where you're, you're trying to determine with a skein anyway is he directing it or is he trying to stop that puck was up high enough that it, it may have been he took a swipe at it with his stick and it hit him in the glove uh, and again it gets a little sticky there I'm not, I'm not sure what the ruling is, is if you're technically directing it with your glove but in the process of trying to take a shot with your stick and you miss I'm not sure what the rule is here and again the replays that, that at least that I saw was tough to tell where on his body it even hit him
0: so that one would have tied it up you know uh, interesting point I think you made that maybe the fir- the one in the first but UMass should have counted and-, and maybe the one here looked like it would have counted so perhaps a wash there either way and And uh, it just comes down to their inability to to score goals in the second period. You mentioned the two posts that I I think you're right that Todd hit the one in the first and then again in the second, but Vileka hit one also on their power play in the second. So that's three posts that they've hit in the game and and the goal that was waved off. That's, uh, you know, the goal did come after Todd Todd hitting the post. So either way, three good chances that they haven't scored on yet, but
1: got to find a way to get it done. Yeah, and it feels like sort of the way it's felt the last couple of weeks where they've had plenty of chances. I mean, that hasn't stopped. Uh, they, they've still certainly gotten plenty of shots on goal, even when they were struggling a little bit there for a couple of weeks. Uh, I think the only game that really sticks out as them not getting many chances was at BC, where I think they only had 19 shots on goal. Uh, but they, they've had plenty of chances. It just hasn't been put them in the net. And that, that's really been the difference, I think, from the first... Third of the season, roughly to now, is beginning of the year. They were scoring three and a half goals a game, and those pucks were going in. Now they're they're still getting plenty of chances, which is obviously encouraging. But you've got to finish them, and and it's a matter of you know. It it feels like they're just waiting to to burst out. You know, it feels like you've got a three or four goal period just, just sitting here on the horizon with the amount of chances they've been getting.
0: Well, what's different then with regard to the beginning of the year? You've got one guy right now. Jesse Todd's got more than ten goals, or, or you know, has ten goals or more. And last year they had seven, and even Todd doesn't have the number of goals that he did have last year. But obviously, you know, guys like we've said it before, to Costa Barton Coochie aren't walking through that door. We all we all know that. But still, uh, you know, as you said, the, the production has tailed off since earlier on in the year. Is, is it as simple as saying that
1: the schedule they faced in the second half is tougher than it was in the first half? Yeah, I think that's part of it. I, I remember I remember looking. At it either last week or the week before. I think out of those 10 teams they played at the beginning of the year, five of them are in the bottom eight of the RPI right now, or at least were at the time. So I think that's part of it. Certainly, you know, the league's a lot tougher. Uh, but, you know, even some of those games, they, they put up a lot of goals on Huntsville. They put up a lot of goals on Yukon. Army, I think, is 55th or 53rd in the RPI. They beat them 3 2. I mean, that's that wasn't a, a blowout by any means. So, uh, you know, I, I think the schedule has a lot to do with it, especially just where I mean, you look. Hockey this year, they could potentially send five teams to the NCAA tournament. They could literally have half the league go to the NCAA tournament, which is pretty impressive. Uh, I think it's a matter of, you know, once they got into that league schedule, things got a little tougher. Uh, And, you know, let's face it, aside from a couple of teams, the goaltending in the league's pretty good all all around.
0: All right, let's talk about playoffs then, because, uh, I know, playoffs, playoffs, right? But it looks like, uh, almost certain, it's going to be Maine-Merrimack again, just like last year. The only question is, where is it going to be? And uh, I think that they probably... Well, they need at least a tie tonight, let's put it that way, because then if if, uh, Maine does win the game tomorrow like I expect, then the Merrimack can still win a home game tomorrow night, their last home game, and tie it up and get the the tiebreaker. First of all, how important is home ice in this series between these two teams, assuming that they are the ones that are going to meet?
1: Oh, it's obviously big, yeah. I like like the matchup from a Merrimack perspective if they play Maine no matter what. Uh, We can get into that in a minute, but uh, yeah, I mean, home ice is huge, especially keeping it at your place is one thing. Keeping it out of their place is, is, is another. I mean, that's, that's a hard place to play. They went up there this year for the first time since 97, I think yeah. it was. So, uh, it's not the easiest place to play. They've had some horrors up there. I think they're helped with the fact that they've got a young team that, that doesn't remember all the struggles that they've had up there in Maine. They've got a lot of youngsters on the team, but yeah, I mean, obviously you want to keep it at your fault.
0: Yeah, and it's a long. it's been a long time now since the beginning of October. I mean, it's a lot to ask. I mean, you've already beat Maine once. It's a lot to win up there three times in a season, but some other teams have done it. Some other teams have gone up there, and, and uh, went, Lowell went up there and won a couple of games, but uh, I still feel that th- there's ten rinks in the league. I think there's one that has a home ice, a real home ice advantage in terms of fans and and, and so on, and I feel like that's me. That's just my feeling. I, I don't know if you, if you agree with that or not.
1: Yeah, you've seen it a lot where their crowd gets into it there late in the third period of a tie game, and, and all of a sudden they wake up and, and you know, they're, they're, you're in the rearview mirror, so to speak. But uh, it'll be interesting because I, I think they match up well with Maine, really no matter where it is. And I think what it comes down to is you know, this team can defend. Maine's, Maine's game is score. I mean, that's what it's built on. They've got one of the best offenses in the country. If they had better goaltending and better defense, they probably won a national title this year. But you look at the three games they've played against them, granted two of them were, were at home for Merrimack, but they limited them to one, two, and two goals in, in those three games. So un, under two goals a game in, in three games against Maine, that might be the best offense in the country and there's other things to look at with that as well but I just feel like they match up really well with that team.
0: if it ends up being up there can they do it up there can they hold Abbott and Flynn and Diamond to you know the, the highest scoring offense in the league if not the country if they, can they hold those guys to one or two goals in the game up in
1: Maine if you get a gigantic weekend from number 35 I think they can yeah you know it's a, it becomes a lot tougher up there obviously but uh, I still think and you can look at the numbers and he's not you know in the top ten even, I think, of all the, the statistical categories. I'm not sure there's a goalie in the country I'd rather have in my net if I'm not Denny the Joe Canada. So yeah, I think if he, if he has a big weekend, I think you can limit them enough where you can take two out of three up there.
0: Alright, so let's say that things hold up here. Or uh, rather, uh, let's, let's say that the Warriors are able to get a tie tonight, and they move into a tie with Maine, and then let's say Maine defeats UNH tomorrow, they take a two-point lead going into tomorrow night's game. Okay, so the Warriors need a win to get home ice. Let's say... It's two to two. It's late in the third period, or it's even overtime. You know that if you if you tie, then you get a tie in the pairwise instead of a loss. If you win the game, you get home ice, and you don't have to go to Maine. If you don't win the game, you're going to go to Maine.
1: What do you do if you're Mark Denny? I I don't think I pull the goal. No, no I think I. I I play it conservatively, and, and just only because a loss. And it, it depends. You sort of got to run some numbers and see what a loss would do to them in the pairwise. But I, if I'm the coach, anyway, I'd hate to be left out of the NCAA tournament because I lost a game to UMass by pulling a goalie trying to get home ice. I think I think I'd be conservative and and, and take my chances up at Maine, knowing that. I mean, knowing you've probably got to win a quarterfinal series no matter what to get in. Uh, I'd hate to see you win two out of three and have something wacky happen and then miss it because you lost a game pulling a goalie. What do
0: you think the chances... I mean, how much better are the chances of winning the series against Maine if that's at home versus if it's on the road? And I guess that the answer to that question will answer the other question.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they've got a better chance at home, obviously. And so isn't it worth taking the chance? Yeah, if, if it were... I, potentially. I, I don't think it's marketably better. You know, I, I, Maybe it, it goes 60-40, you 60-40. Know, so it, it betters your chances by 20% in my mind, maybe. And, and maybe, it. I mean, if it was a... If it was a situation where you know they haven't won a game ever, or, or you know they get blown out every time they go up there, and and, and you you you, just, you got a team that's gotten killed every time they've walked in that building, then then maybe I'd think about it a little more. But uh, it, it'd be really tough to have to sit in a room and explain to your players you're missing the NCAA tournament because I pulled the goalie. I'd have a real hard time doing that. But maybe you never know. I mean, you never. Know.
0: Good points, good points as always, Mike. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate it, and uh, folks can check out your work online at themackreport.com, themackreport, M-E-C-K, report.com, and also on the Eagle Tribute. Thanks as always, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Mike McMahon's been our guest with the score at the end of two periods here at the Mullen Center. UMass 1, Merrimack nothing.